Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Okay, we'll zip right through our first hour. The Weekend Gardener, Mike Rayley here, along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston, and Gerald Adams, who was uh, in charge. Well, we'll just put you in charge of Centennial Campus. He's, he's everything. Your boss probably doesn't listen anyway, does he? Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> okay, well, uh, <laughs> Gerald is uh, sort of the boss. He... he uh, he answers to the chancellor. I know that. Yes, because uh, you you kind of oversee the ch- chancellor's house. And uh, how are his tomatoes growing? I don't have any tomatoes at the chancellor's house. Oh, and this is the reason why. They got a lot of deer. A lot of deer. <laughs> I'm. I still. Uh, that has been my biggest deer eating plant education. Uh, the big, huge concrete patio on the back that comes out of the house with big brick planters in it, I still have deer eating plants out of that. Mm. So, that I mean, I eating them out of a bed 15 foot from the front door where they got to walk over solid concrete uh, driveways to get to. So I have been weaning, and every time I think uh, I have found a lot of plants that the deer have not touched, let me knock on something thus far, but some of the ones that they're supposed to be Less intrigued by, well, they won't less intrigued there. They went ahead and ate them. <laughs> so, so that's still being uh, ongoing. Yeah. And the biggest problem, really, I've been able to adapt pretty good for the summer, but their love of pansies and pansies being one of your main things for fall, winter, yeah. has really put things, uh, made things so. a little difficult. Well, I can tell tell you uh, tell the chancellor where to get some tomatoes. That's at the state farmer's market. I mean, he can he can walk over there. Now, I, bet, I, bet I, gives you a few I didn't say that I wasn't growing some at the shop that didn't make their way uh, okay. up to the point. Oh, see, I just so said there wasn't there. And I, <laughs> I don't think I'm going too far out on a limb and saying that one of the chancellor uh, and his wife's favorite tomatoes is Arkansas Traveler. Oh. I inadvertently carried some up there summer before last, and as usual, I always put a little sticker on there, uh, and Miss Woodson emailed me and said, "How did you know that Arkansas Traveler was our favorite tomato?" And I 
Morning Good to make well, I wanted to say I'm a genius, but <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know. Are. But they're both from Arkansas, and that was the tomato they grew up eating. Oh, wow. So naturally, it's one that wow, they're so very that's, fond of. That's so been around just a while. Just by accident, I found out about that. But mm. it is a Arkansas traveler is one that makes in super hot weather well. Uh-huh. So obviously, Arkansas has got our same kind of heat and humidity yeah. issues. So it's not a humongous-sized tomato, uh, but it's uh, – Pink looks like German Johnson, but much smaller uh, than that, and it's usually a good producer here. So. Well, I don't know if, uh, if you've got any Arkansas travelers out at the State Farmers Market, Sam McKeever. Have you you heard of that variety? I have heard of that variety. I, you know, I have to do some homework on that one. Though. I'm not sure if we got that one out here or not, but we do have a lot of varieties out here. That's good yeah. to know. It's nothing like fresh uh, tomatoes at the, fa- at the farmer's market. If you can't have yeah, them in your backyard. Them coming in right now. Sure do. Mm, that's great. So good supply of those. And I'm sure you have good supply of peaches now. We should be right in the, right in the middle of the season. That's right. Uh, the the uh, freestone peaches are coming in now, and we got a lot of varieties in right now. Um, Big Mac, uh, Sugar Giant, Summer Gold, Bounty Yellow, and then Windblow. That's one of the more popular peaches out there. Uh, seems to be a, a favorite of folks. Uh, so they're, they're coming in right now as well. So. Very good. So we got. Uh, do we still have any blueberries? We do have some blueberries and blackberries. Uh, some some beautiful uh, blackberries down there uh, this week. Um, so yeah, be sure to check those out while we still got them. Uh, we got uh, butter beans and butter beans and peas, uh, and they, they got those already shelled for you. Uh, see uh, watermelons and cantaloupes right now. Uh, sweet corn, and they, they can have that shook for you if you want it shook. Uh, we talked about tomatoes. Uh, we got plenty of squash, zucchini, uh, cucumbers, okra. Uh, see eggplant, uh, Brussels sprouts, uh, red and yellow onions, all kinds of greens, kale, mustard, spinach, collards. Uh, Red and white potatoes, carrots. Uh, see, we got some uh, all kinds of peppers, hot and sweet. Um, cabbage, lettuce, a lot of cut herbs, and of course, sweet potatoes are a staple out here year round. Um, got eggs, garlic, mushroom, honey. Uh, so yeah, we got we got a lot of stuff. Great time to come out to the market. You doggone right it is. And if you want plants, there are plenty of plants out there too. We sure do. A lot of trees and shrubs still here at the market, uh, fruit trees, uh, bushes, uh, vegetable plants. I know a lot of folks will plant a second crop of uh, vegetable plants in the middle of the summer to have some late late in the season. Um, got herbs, perennials, uh, cactus, aquatic plants, uh, a lot of beautiful hanging baskets, house plants. Um, really noticed uh, some beautiful crepe myrtles that are blooming right now and hydrangeas. Uh, down there right now and uh, of course we got some really nice uh, cut flowers coming in i think we have about four or five cut flower vendors in right now and they, they do a great job as well mm-hmm. so your tomatoes uh, are you growing some at home how are they doing mine i planted mine a little late and so they're just starting to form some tomatoes now so uh, it will be determined yeah <laughs> rufus says he's got a got a little bit of blight out there at his place yeah, yeah. And I had a little uh, powdery mildew on my with the cucumbers, oh. uh, but I took I got I took care of that. So we're, we're we're heading in the right direction. I tell you what, my my squash and zucchini though they're they're uh, they're doing awesome. Oh, that's great. So. 
Yeah, that's some uh, that's some good eating. That is good food. Yeah, all of that. All <laughs> I of get that hungry is. just thinking yeah. about it. You got you get, you did mention butter beans and peas. Now my wife couldn't find any peas the other day when she went out sometime earlier this week. Uh, okay, any, we had. Yeah, sometimes I get a little scarce here and there, but yeah, we had some this morning, and I'll have to double check and ask around and see uh, see what the the supply looks like going forward. We shouldn't mention it on the radio if we're trying to find it. Uh, <laughs> I should learn that. No, you know, it's okay. I'm... I mean, it, you do. Uh, that's one thing about farming. You do have you have uh, gaps sometimes in your crops, right? And things like right. that. So it, it does happen, and it seems like. Well, I just want to make sure I can find some. Right, right. I, yeah, I, don't you tell know. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, peas and butter beans seem to be two uh, two things that you, you get those gaps in there once in a while. So yeah, I haven't had any fried fat back in a while, so I need uh, some Crowder peas to go with that. There you go. There yeah. you go. Oh. But uh, all right. So what do you got up in the market shops this morning? Oh, uh, all kinds of great baked good items up there: cakes, pies, pastries. Uh, we got jams and jellies, um, North Carolina farm-raised meats. Uh, we got eggs and cheeses, um, <clears throat> coffee, uh, can- all kinds of candies, uh, barbecue sauces. Got a lot of fruits and vegetables up there, and you can get things like citrus and bananas and other things that are not grown in North Carolina. You can get up there in the uh, market shops. Uh, gift baskets, a lot of great craft items up there. Uh, you got soaps and hand lotions. You got North Carolina wines. Of course, you can get you some walking around food at the Market Grill. Uh, get, mm-hmm. the, get the world famous Rufus Dog. Amen, brother. Um, they, they're doing a really great job up there at the grill. So they are. Be sure to check them out. And then, are, they, are they still doing artwork when they make their their sandwiches? <laughs> yeah, they, they really do. They, they uh, it's, it's 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 a nice hot dog to look at. Um, Haven't you, you ever been to culinary school, Rufus? I mm-hmm. have been to eating culinary school. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good guy. <laughs> yeah. Plenty to eat. We've got a couple other great eating places out here at the market. Yeah, um, you do. we got the North Carolina Seafood Restaurant, below the market shops, um, great seafood, and they give you plenty to eat. They open up at 11 and close at uh, 7 p.m. And, of course, we got the State Farmer's Market Restaurant up on top of the hill there. Great country cooking. They serve breakfast uh, right up to 3 p.m. If, if you want it. And they uh, have some great uh, food plates up there, a lot of uh, meats and two vegetables. And you can get a whole all, a vegetable plate as well. So uh, be sure to check them out. And, of course, we got a lot of vendors down in what we call our craft shed area below the seafood restaurant. There's some there's meat vendors down there, urban spices. They sell uh, spices by the scoop. Really neat place. Uh uh, kettle corn uh, down there, um, lemonade, um, all kinds of great craft items and and things like that as well. Uh, Millhouse engravings down there. So uh, they do a fabulous job. We just had some uh, stones, uh, large stones made for uh, our church. So we were giving our church for as signs. We've okay. uh, done that before, and they, they they do such a fantastic job and. They uh, from up in the mountains. Looking at all the samples they have in there, I, I don't look like there's anything they they can't do. I know, and they've got some kind of special paint that, yeah. and I can testify to the fact that that the paint lasts a long time. If you need something, they engrave and then they add this paint, and it stays forever. It really does. I'd hate to get any on me. Yeah, you'd be tattooed. <laughs> you sure would. <laughs> So, but they, they have some great, great vendors uh, out at the State Farmers Market. We were talking earlier about Super Sod, and 
Do you know if they have any St. Augustine sod out there? You know, I, I am not sure. I want to say they probably don't have it here, mm-hmm. but, they, you know, they have farms uh, yeah. across the southeastern U.S. and right. further south of us. They could probably get you some. I don't know if they have any on on hand, I guess you would say. Right. But I, I bet they could get it for you. Right. What's the smallest amount you, you, you can buy from them? Oh, you can just get a couple rolls, you know. Um, uh-huh. So, and then, of course, they have other things like uh, fertilizer and yeah, they do. pine straw. And a lot of expertise. Oil. And plus, they have a, a list of, of companies that can actually install the, the sod and do all kinds of things for you. That's right. They can pretty much turn turnkey it for you almost. They sure can, yeah. So. All right. Well, Sam, uh, market uh, market imports up there, uh, just uh, really interesting. You know, I was mentioning to someone the other day that I the first weekend gardener remote was in the late 80s at, I think, one of those, that building that the market uh, imports is in. We did the show from in front of that. Okay. I did not I, know that. I think it is, had just been built, when, and, and Charlie Edwards was the market manager then. And I, I, as far as I can remember, that was our first remote. Irv Evans and I did okay, that. Well, that's pretty neat. I did not know that. Yeah. But, yeah, so, uh, Market Imports is a really neat place. Um, oh, it sure is. All kinds of pottery. I, it, when it comes to pottery, and they have really big big pottery that you probably can't find anywhere else, wrought iron stuff, um, a lot of home decor type items. Um just, just really neat place. They have teak benches and things like that too, don't they? Yeah, they do. They sure do. So, um, well, they've, they've got a, a hose pottery. I call it too, that you can roll up your hose and put it in it, get it off of the kinkled off of the ground. So you're not going to drag that around the yard no. or, or anything. Is no, it, it's so pretty it, heavy. It, uh, <laughs> it it stays in one place and you just unroll it. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's very convenient. It, it's a pretty thing too. Uh, it's, yeah, absolutely. Well, Sam, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. All right. Y'all have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. You have we'll a talk to you all next week. All right. Have a nice day. All right. Uh, more of the Weekend Gardener coming up here on WPTF. It's 920. You're listening to one of the longest-running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on 923-919-860-9783. You're listening to The Weekend Gardener on WPTF 98.5 FM AM 680. Lenny is in Holly Springs. Lenny, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning. I have a question regarding sod. I put down some Bermuda sod in four different applications. And I want to know how long the sod has to be down before I can put down weed and feed, because the weeds are starting to feed. If if you can reach down and grab the sod and not pull it up off the ground, then weed and feed. All right. If if it's established enough to where you can't move it when you grab a hole of it, Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, you you can. It's not going to hurt a thing. Excellent. All right. I got to go. I'm going to get my spreader. Okay. All right. Good Be idea. careful. Right. Don't drive too All fast, right. Lenny. I like All the right, enthusiasm. Bye. Thank you, buddy. It's in Holly Springs, everybody watch out there. Because <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a, he's going to get that that spreader. Ray is in Nashville. Hey, Ray, how are you today? How are your greenhouses doing? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. 
he's just cranked and doing good. Chubby keeps fertilizing it, so I, as long as Pumpkin's happy, I'm happy. So we're we're doing good out there, Nash, Nashville area. All right. I wanted to uh, uh, do a, a shout out celebration for July 12th. Uh, I think it might be special, for Rufus. It certainly is. You know, he's not in the room. He he had a call, and he's oh, uh, okay. he's well, he's uh, not in here. So we'll uh, maybe he'll come back before you finish. You know that, uh, my my granddaughter on July twelfth is having a, a birthday. She's going to be four. So uh-huh. uh, and I oh wow, I that's Rufus a special age. Something going on too, doesn't he? He does. Uh, it's <laughs> the uh, the month of Rufus, I think. Probably he had a he had a really big shindig with a lot of important people. I yeah, felt I very out of place. Nine, if I remember right. So, yeah, uh, I should have brought my reporter's notebook with me because uh, you know there were all kinds of folks there that I could have interviewed. But well, my neighbor uh, actually said that she heard me, and uh, she we were talking about Rufus, and uh, she said, "Hey, he's have birthday July 12th. I said, "No kidding!" I said, "That's my daughter, granddaughter's uh, birthday. I'm gonna have to say happy birthday to him." Yeah, well, Rufus, uh, Rufus is back now, and uh, Rufus Ray is on the line with us from Nashville, and uh, his granddaughter's birthday is July 12th. Oh, my goodness. That's right. That, that's a very good birthday. It is a wonderful <laughs> birthday. So, Rufus, I just want to let you know that you're in good company with somebody highly special. It might be four, but, you know, up- upcoming uh, citizens. So that's right. I love a four-year-old. That's right. Rufus isn't running, anything, running for anything right now. but you No, know. I could I could cultivate her for a vote if I were running that's for That's right. Something. You sure could. I, I think I'm start about young. to run out of time. <laughs> no, you're not. I mean, you, I'm running for the kingdom of heaven. This is uh, six. You're gonna be sixty-two this, oh, this birthday. Goodness. You get you can get Social Security now. I, I've had Social Security for a long time. <laughs> but anyway, happy birthday! I won't I won't be able to talk to you. Well, today, Ray, you're a very kind that. person, and, and happy birthday to that little sweetheart right, of yours. Guys, have a good day. All right, Ray, take her easy there. Bye right, bye. Bye. Good Nashville, North Carolina. By the way, I, I don't think I ever told you, Mike. My my niece is with the Nashville Hospital, yeah, and Ro- she's the head of the, the emergency nursing there. UNC Nash at, uh, in, in Rockamount, as Bart sure. Rittner used to say. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a great hospital, and I remember when it was built. Mm-hmm. Before that, uh, we had Parkview and Sanatorium is what it was called, the two hospitals in Rocky Mountain. They built... Uh, Built uh, Nash General in the '60s, late '60s, mm-hmm. I believe. Very yeah. fine institution. Yep. Uh, Ted is in Raleigh. Ted, good morning. You're on WPTF. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, two questions. Quick questions. One is I've got a fescue uh, lawn about a thousand square feet that's taken over by Bermuda grass because my next door neighbor had Bermuda grass. So I'm trying to go ahead and do Bermuda grass in the whole area. Is this an okay time to seed it? You know, we were just talking about seeding off the air. Right. Now you were talking, talking about different grasses earlier, and Gerald, you know, agreed to hot weather like we have right here. For me, it's probably the best thing to use. You're and close to getting late. <laughs> Pardon me? Uh, you're close to getting late. Uh, the, if, if I was going to do it now, I would do it immediately. If you had called me in February, I'd have told you to do it the 1st of June. Uh, typically, you see people seeding Bermuda from early May until about the first of July. 
uh, simply because it's warm enough at night then for it to come up and start growing. And the sooner you get it going, the quicker it can start to run and spread. But if you could get it done really quickly, then you've got enough time to get it up this year and get it get it growing some. Okay. I've heard that Bermuda grass is such a tiny seed. It is it's extremely yeah, that's tiny. that's what we were talking about, <laughs> how to broadcast it. You can use well, go ahead and tell me how to do it. I've heard can you sand and throw it out there. You, you can, but the, this is, the, the problem with Bermuda seed is so small that, say, you use a regular rotary spreader. It, it's so light it doesn't throw very far from the spreader, and if the wind's right. blowing, it's all over everywhere, and inevitably you put out more seed than you need. Uh, I think it's worth the money to go rent a slit, uh, slit seeder. And with that, uh, because you'll save you'll save money on not putting out too much seed. Hey, that. Ted, hold on. We'll talk more about this uh, coming up after a little bit of news. I have news. a question for Rufus about amaryllis plant. All right, you hold on. We'll be back with more on the Weekend Gardener. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. I guess that's our cue. Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, Rufus. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, on the 12th, uh, Monday, Rufus Edmonston will be uh, 63. <laughs> that is one more big one. Yeah. That's a big liar, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, happy birthday, I, Rufus. I'm very proud of the 8-0, and I've had a lot of people help me along the way. Boy, you sure have. I've never forgotten to help those who, to thank those who helped you get where you are. And there's not a soul in the world that that should say that every day. Thank them, then thank them one more time for That's how, right. how good you've been to you. And we're we're uh, I'm healthy, uh, fat, <laughs> lazy, <laughs> and and still and like, happy. I hope and and happy. Yeah. As long as I got my garden, I'm happy. Yeah. And Linda. <laughs> oh dear, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that, that sweet woman. <laughs> and an occasional tomato. Yeah, that's a good thing. Well, we've you. got an occasional tomato here. I thought I thought Gerald had brought in a little pumpkin this morning, but that's not what it, it's a to- tomato. What what variety of tomato is that? Bright yellow. That's a new one. My first year growing called Bigly. It's Bigly. a yellow orange slicing size tomato. Huh. Yeah. So if it tastes anywhere near as good as it looks, it's going to be a keeper. Yeah, that's uh-huh. true. Though, if it. So you've not tried that one yet. I hadn't put it to the knife yet. I've saved seed out of several already, uh, but I hadn't put one to the knife yet. Now, is that going to look good in light bread and mayonnaise, or do you have to get a little darker bread for that? It's not the look. It's the taste when you put your teeth to it. That would look so, great in rye bread yeah. or uh, it, pumpernickel. And it looked good in white bread, too. <laughs> now, who's ever heard of eating a tomato sandwich with pumpernickel? I have. I have. I'm raising my hand. I have, and it was real good. That's like me using Miracle Whip when I grew up. I find it hard to believe that when you were growing up in Nash County, Uh North Carolina, that they had pumpernickel bread in Nash County. I don't think they did at Miller's Grocery, but (laughs) 
but uh, we discovered it later on. I've uh, I've come up a little bit in the world, I'd, I'd say. <laughs> Very sophisticated, eating pumpernickel. Yes. But actually, it's not just tomatoes, it's bacon, <laughs> lettuce, and tomato yes. sandwiches. That that, that's what I prefer. So, yeah, uh, Ted is back with us. So let's get back on to the the lawn. Did we finish about how to broadcast the Bermuda seed? I think uh, Gerald said use a slit cedar. Slit cedar is the, the, probably the best. Slit cedar is the best way. You can broadcast it with a push spreader without doing the sand, but you got to pick a day when there's zero wind. And you've got to just barely crack it. I mean, as small an opening as you can make. And just realize that you're going to probably put out a little more seed than you need to. It won't hurt a thing. It'll germinate, come up, and then the seed, uh, the plants will sort themselves out. You've just wasted just a small amount of money. Okay. Quick question for Rufus, since this must be Rufus Day. Yeah, every day is Rufus Day. Uh, a long time ago, a couple months, I mean, a year, maybe a year or two ago, he mentioned something about Taking his amaryllis plants outside. Absolutely. Once once you uh, let them bloom, uh, if it's in the wintertime, you can't put it out then, but then right. put, it, put it down in a dark place, just like you would any other kind of bulb, and then plant it in the spring, and most of the time they'll come back. You, they, it, they, it, they will weather you, the storm. You have to plant them deep, you though. You can't... You you know, you know how you see them in a pot, and part of the bulb is sticking above the soil. That's a no-no. Okay. You, you can't plant them outside like that. You need to get about six inches of soil on top of the bulb, uh, and they'll grow right on up and still have as long a longer of a spike. But it's to keep that bulb from freezing in the yep. winter time, because if it ever freezes, that's all she wrote. Uh, but I've got some in the ground. They've been in the ground fifteen years now, and they've up and multiplied. And I, I really need probably need to divide them. And so they'll flower around Christmas time? Oh, no, 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 no. They won't flower at Christmas. They'll no. they'll they'll flower. First year could be a little out of whack, but typically it's an early summer flower and can flower right on during the summer. Uh, it's not likely to see a bloom before June. It's not impossible to see them in late May, but you could very well see them blooming in June and July. I've got some right now, and I've forgotten. I put them in the ground, and it's such a re- refreshing thing. For the amaryllis to show up. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at four of them with four stalks. Each one has two or three stalks. Now, can you put them in the ground now and they make bloom? Go, go plant them right now. Uh, yes, you'll be covering a lot of the leaf up to plant them that deep. You may or may not see a bloom this year. Did they bloom this past Christmas? So you probably won't see a bloom come on them this year, but you need for it to go to growing. They will put on more vegetative leaf growth, and then next summer you'll see see blooms on them. I see. Well, great. Thank you very much for answering the question. Have a good rest of the day. Hey, thank you, Ted, very much for, for that. Yeah. Boy, the, the garden, the flowers are prettier this year. The hydrangeas are prettier this year than I've, I've seen them. In in many years, we've had, I guess, so much rain. The, the timing of the rain has been prime time for hydrangeas. Yeah, and apparently, they didn't they didn't get hit as much by frost. Did you have any rufus that were hit by by a late cold snap or anything? No, we we've we've done fine on the hydrangeas. Yeah, and especially the the uh, hydrangea PG. 
that, that thing's getting to be as big as a tree. Well, it is a, sort of a tree. Uh, I've got one that's at least 10 feet tall and that wide, just full of... Does that, ha- that has the conical shape? Well, th- I've got one that's, that's mop head and one that's conical. Uh-huh. Um, and I believe the limelight is a PG hydrangea, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Do all of the the PG hydrangeas accept more sun than the rest? In general, yes. And the limelight seems to be at the wow. Top, I see those in t- full top, sun, top of the spectrum. Yeah. But even like uh, oak leaf hydrangeas with that paniculata bloom uh-huh. can take a lot more sun than than particularly mop heads in general. Yeah. So that's uh, keep that in mind. I know a lot of people have plenty of sunlight. Some of us don't. I don't think you can turn a oak, oak leaf blue, can you? No, it's not no. in there. No, not no. The it just it, they they are making some now that will fade fade to pink and yes, they're, or maroony. There there are a number of paniculatas now that start out white and then turn to a pink, and some of them turn to so dark a pink that it's almost reddish looking so there's lots of movement that way but not uh any of those with the with with the blue yeah uh, com- coming into the question uh some of the oak leaves can have you know the blooms a little more that kind of a little bit limey green and then goes right. to goes to white and i have seen some oak leaves that the blooms when they matured had a little bit of a pink edge to them kind of like uh cherry blossoms right uh, do but but no no blue. Well, I've, I've got one right now that's turning pink mm-hmm. after it, it it was white for a while. Right, turning pink. And I, I I I just have to say I think it's probably my favorite of the hydrangeas, the oak leaf, just because of the brilliant foliage and the mm-hmm. the fall and they they don't seem to have any diseases. And and one of the great things now you know. Traditionally, oak leaves were very large growing, but there are some new cultivars of oak leaves now that are much smaller, you know, in that maybe four foot. Yeah, I've got kind, one that might kind, kind of size. So. Ruby Red Slippers, I believe, mm. is the name of it. It hasn't bloomed yet, and it's about, about a foot and a half tall, but I'm looking for it to bloom next It's year. Ruby something. Ruby Slippers. Ruby Slippers, I believe. Yeah. I think that's right. Does that sound right, yeah. Daryl? I think so. I think that's correct. But there is m- most of the I will say most, but a large portion of the new hydrangea releases in the last five to ten years have been dwarf or more combat cultivars because yards are shrinking. You've already got established stuff. You don't have anywhere to put a ten foot tall limelight. Uh, but yeah. there's 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 limelight. Little limelight, and then Bobo, which is baby limelight. <laughs> so they've got them. Na- it, Little that, honey. That's the uh-huh. one I was trying to think of that has the lime-colored leaves, mm-hmm. especially as, as the new leaves yeah, are coming. Those. That, that's just a fabulous looking. I love. I think that's my favorite one. I, lo- I too, love the oak leaf hydrangeas a lot. Yeah. But you've got one, Rufus. I do not have the, the PG hydrangea, the strawberries. Something strawberry cream, strawberry, strawberry and cream. I don't know. Strawberry Sunday, I thought. Strawberry Sunday. Yeah, there's it's got a, got red and there's white. A strawberry and pink Sunday, or and then there's a vanilla strawberry, yeah. and th- there's so many different ones that are similar looking in bloom. Now I can't I can't keep up with them. Spectacular looking, and then you get the change in the colors that adds even right. more more interest to it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, probably the more sun, the better for those. They, they, they can really cer- show up. They can certainly take more sun. There's no, no question about that. Mm-hmm. All right, 919-860-9783. Do we need to take a break, Sam? All right, we'll do that, and we'll come back and talk to Rose Rhodes from Princeton. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener, and since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard, a WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back. It's 9.50. You're listening to The Weekend Gardener and Rose Rhodes, the author. Propagation specialist is with us. Hey, Rose. I'm always calling you because I think I know a lot. Well, that's okay. I'm glad you do because I don't. You do, too. And I fully fully admit it. But, but uh, On the amaryllis, uh, my experience with that is if you have some and they're in a pot, about September, take them out of the pot and just let them dry out under the shelter or somewhere. And then about October, you can start planting them back into a pot and just kind of do it in succession. And by Christmas, you'll have amaryllis. Yeah, or all the, you know, all along the end. Yeah, very good, very good advice. So what have you been propagating lately? Since uh, July is a good time to propagate camellias and all kinds of uh, stuff, I've heard Ann talk about that. A bit late for camellias, but uh, I think you could do it right now, especially if you keep them moist. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't done any propagating right lately, but I'm going to start back. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really Well, well you wrote the book on it. Why aren't you away. propagating? Well, I, well, in my yard, everything I have, I propagated almost everything from the Arboretum when J.C. Ralston was living. And that was quite an experience. Well, you didn't sneak in there and get those plants, did you? Oh, no. We <laughs> get those cuttings? Everything. I'm just kidding. You know, I'd go to class. But I did get something I shouldn't have had. Uh-oh. We, uh, we had a session that morning, and he said, you can go take cuttings. So we did, and they had that heritage birch. Mm-hmm. And I took a cutting, and when we got back in the classes, oh, he said, I forgot to tell you, you can't take a cutting off the heritage birch. Well, Rivers, uh, the statute of limitations is over yeah, it's for that. On that. You're, yeah, you're okay, okay Rose. Well, my tree is huge now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, and by the way, I... I, uh, I my asked... grandchildren used to draw pictures on the bark. It would be real... Like a piece of uh, parchment paper. <laughs> yeah. I asked you about how to propagate a gardenia, and I you, you said maybe try to root it in water. It just didn't quite work, Rose. Well, look, I, when you when we talked about that before, in seven no in seven days no eight days my gardenias are rooted. I have three in there right now. In water? Yeah. I must have done something wrong. You must have used seltzer water. <laughs> I must have had a mixed drink. <laughs> you might, well, it might have been something else in there. <laughs> it comes out of Raleigh to Noose River, and then we drink it. So give us your technique to, to refresh Rufus on this in case he wants to try it again. Well, I just take one that's blooming, you know, a, 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 a branch that has a bloom on it, and I take the bloom off and don't let any... Um, leaves hit the water. Just put it in a, some water and put it on the windowsill. Well, I'm going to try that again this afternoon. Try it. I think it'll work. Uh, you you don't trim any bark off on the bottom. No, not that. I just cut it at an angle. Yeah. 
that'll give you more places for roots. Now, I did go ahead and put a couple in into soil, and they one, one is dried up and the other looks good. You could root it in soil, I'm sure, but it's so easy in water. Well, that's what I want to do because a fellow wants a cutting of my old-fashioned 50-year-old gardenia. Uh-huh. Seems well, like you can't, you can't buy the old-fashioned ones anymore. No. Now, Rose, I got a question for you. I, I, Have you ever run across this? So I often, when I grow tomatoes in the greenhouse, I take the suckers and root them. Yes. And I discovered one year that I'd been using a styrofoam cup, I'd been using a solo cup, then all of a sudden I used like a mason jar, oh. and the clear glass jar rooted three times quicker and faster than the non-clear cups that I was using. No, I never tried that, but that sounds hmm. what it could get like. And that's what I thought. I thought myself, I said, well, here, all this time I've done it. So from then on, I went to using a glass jar, and it just seemed to me that I was getting the roots on them much quicker than I was before, and that's all I could think. Maybe that little bit of extra light getting through to them right. made, made a difference. Rufus, surely Junior Johnson would have given you some mason jars. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, In fact, I got a mason jar of that little birthday party the other night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you finish the contents, you can grow some geranium. I mean, uh, gardenias at it. I hope it's a wide mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it was a ball, too. <laughs> ball lids and jars. Yeah, how about that? But I have another plant that is very interesting, and that is fragrant uh, abelia. Hmm. And right now I'm looking at it, and there's probably ten butterflies, those monarchs, on it. Fred, do you know the variety? No, I got it from the arboretum. It's just a called fragrant, fragrant abelia. From, uh, Gerald, is it one that gets pretty tall, like oh, yeah, five, probably. six foot or so? Yeah, it's probably ten feet tall. Ah, uh, well, that is one. That's one of the older varieties. I'd have to go scrambling to think. The think. So it has regular green leaves and yeah. white flowers. And, oh, it's just flowers and they're fragrant wow it's wonderful i've never even heard i, I learned something every week on this show that there's a <laughs> fragrant abelia they probably still have it at the arboretum the much maligned abelia you know they've, okay. they've made them real showy now but gosh i didn't know there was one that you could that had great fragrance mine doesn't normally bloom till about first of october oh that would be interesting good gracious well that is a special variety Anyway, I enjoy your program, and thank you for being here. Well, thank, thank you, you very much for always joining us. We we love to hear your calls. Uh, Rose uh, Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, is the uh, author of Plant Propagation, a Primer. Rose, did you, you, you right now to use that because you could propagate so many things. That's right, and it's available on Amazon and so forth. Rose, did you mention uh, on a show or two ago that the dear lady – uh, had passed away down in Princeton, and her oh, Miss Powell and her mm-hmm. garden had yeah. been now plowed up. And uh, the Iris uh, Queen. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah, her, that her, her garden was not saved. Yeah, that that land was sold. It, yeah, she hybridized Iris and daylilies and had names a lot of name varieties in her. You know, that she I hope a lot of those plants went to good homes. Well, I think her daughter got what she could, and some. Some of our neighbors were allowed Wonderful. to go in there and get a few things. Well, keep it, yeah, I hope it, people can keep it going right there in Princeton. But those people don't know it. If they could have sold those plants to a, land, a landscaper and made a lot of money. Yeah, that's right. Rose, <laughs> but, thank you. Well, I enjoy it. And thank I you. Bye. Bye. 
Let's head to Nash County. I've been through Castalia at a quick pace before in a Corvette. Uh, Tom lives in Castalia. How you doing, Tom? Okay. How you doing today? All right. How can we help you, sir? Uh, I had a little problem with corn. What I've done is I've, I've got two rows eight foot long, and it's it seems like it's not pollinating right. Like a lot of kernels are empty. You know, like they're not. I guess not getting a bee to them. <laughs> well, that's rough with corn because you don't have a big yield on those stalks. You, you got to have a lot of stalks. Gerald, you got any idea what might be happening there? Yeah, I mean, pollination has just become an issue up and down the line now. Corn is one of the things that benefits a lot better if you can plant it blockier. Like one long row will never pollinate as good as five short rows in a, you know, kind of compact area. Okay. Uh, uh, so th- that's one thing that can help uh, in-, in the future. Uh, and th- that's why, I mean, I've even grown it in raised beds, like a four by eight raised bed, and oh, really? put them six inches apart, and yeah. the rows like 10 or 12 inches apart. And you think, my Lord, have you got all that jammed in there yeah. together? And it just, uh, you know, it grow just fine. The roots really don't spread out. Another another uh, crop of them. Uh huh. I think you may have time for that. Yes. Wow. Well, I like the raised bed idea. Uh, but you can have it. The the corn root, though it runs down fairly deep, does not spread out much. Uh huh. So so give that a try and plant them closer together and more of a block and see how that does for you. Uh huh. Tom, give my everybody in Castaia my best. Oh, we love you here. Hey. I got another question Yo, about the hold, corn, the, the big gray kernels. All right, hold on a second. We'll be back okay. with Craig LaHoulier.